Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. All you beautiful people, what's going on? We are back for another recap of the juicy, and boy, do we mean juicy, Bachelor. Uh, oh, man. The show The Bachelor. Oh, <laughs> I don't know where I was going man. with that, but it is getting down to it. Oh, man. Guys, we've had a busy week. Sorry we missed you last week. Um, well, not last week, um, on Tuesday. We've had uh, internet down. Peter hasn't been here. I am coming to you from my, thank God for Jack living uh, close to the airport in Los Angeles. I am coming to you from my brother Jack's apartment on his Wi-Fi. So I do not have my uh, normal microphone. So if I sound a little different, that is why. But thank you for uh, hopefully understanding. And um, let's get into let's get into this. Uh, well, we have a lot to get into. Starting with Women Tell All. We have a couple episodes to recap here. They had a two and one, if you will. I see what I did there. A two and one episode <laughs> on the week. And uh, starts with Women Tell All. Yeah, so let's break it down. Bachelor Breakdown, let's go. Women Tell All. Why not start with Cheyenne? Cheyenne. Not the name, it's definitely Cheyenne. Cheyenne. Oh boy. Same thing, Jesse Palmer, right off the bat, my man. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was to be expected, right? She showed up, which I guess props to her. She got relentlessly scrutinized for... How long do they film for? Eight hours. See, like, that's like something that obviously she did not want to be there. And obviously she felt pressured by production that she had to go. They probably threatened with contracts. But it's like, really? Can you force someone to show up? Like, what would have happened if she didn't show up? Like, if she just was like, oh, I'm really sick. I'm really sick. Like, Yo, she wanted to be there. She so? lit this fire dumpster from the get-go. She wanted to it be there. It didn't look like I she wanted to be there. You. She loved this. She. I, I disagree. I don't know. The look in her eyes, there was a little bit of a sparkle to it. What? And she loved this. Crazy. She, I she think she was this. reveling she in this. that moment. Yeah. I, okay. I mean, it was funny. I think you, uh, I don't know if we, we shared it. You you said it just to us, um, Emma. Uh, again, for you guys that don't, that don't know, Emma runs our uh, Instagram social media account for Bachelors in the City. And I think what, Sinead uh, responded to something that you had, a story you had posted. And yeah, <laughs> it was, I invited it was her on the fun. podcast. And she's like, she she responded like, you at, you said you wanted to hook me up to a lie detector test. And, <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, which, but that's which, not, not an invitation, right? Yeah, it's not, not, I just wanted, just because like, Sinead is someone that I just, I guess I don't understand. Like I, she fascinates me. And I, I don't know. I you guys think that she enjoyed it. I don't see why any human would want to subject themselves to that, but okay. She fascinates you. Okay. You do a little little interest here, a little <laughs> No, to- I, I not like romantically, but I she fascinates me in regards to just how her mind works. And, like an anthropological, and, psychological study. Yeah, very much so. And I don't know. I I often try to analyze people and figure out why they do certain things. I try to analyze myself and figure out why I do certain things. And and she is one that I can't figure out. This was a game to her. I have her figured out. She wanted this. She played this from the get-go. There's no way she could have thought, like, logically, this stuff just made sense for her to call people out like this and lie and then go back and say people are... Like, this was all made up. I almost guarantee it. I would would bet my left arm on it, actually. Well, I think that she did exactly what she needed to do to cement a position on the beach because 
anytime that she's tied herself to anyone else, it makes her more relevant. And this time, every woman there wanted Shanae's head on a spike. And it was Mm. from the women heckling her on the sideline when she was walking up to Lindsay's from the bottom of my heart, fuck you, Shanae, which might have been like (laughs) the the line Mm -hmm. for me. It was vicious. And I can definitely see production wanting to stir the pot moreover by bringing her to the beach. She's going to be on the beach. She's not done with TV. She's made for TV. I said that from day one. She's made for TV. She's going to be on some beach, some show. She's going to continue on. She's got the the personality and the I mean, character. listen, no one can no one can take it from her. She's extremely entertaining to watch. That she's not boring yes. in any way. So you're right. Yes, reality television it's almost as if she was born for this. Um so yeah, I guess we'll see. Where I mean, obviously she took she was a center, you know, she was definitely highlighted at Women's Hell All. Let's get into uh what are, what's some of the other stuff that happened? Yeah, so we have uh, Genevieve joins Shanae in the hot seat, which is like the first time we've ever seen a reprised two-on-one where Genevieve puts Shanae in her place. And it was one of those moments where I hadn't, I didn't think we got to see a lot of standout moments from Genevieve this year, but it was a moment that really cemented her personality, her being so bold and standing up for herself. And I absolutely loved it. What did you guys think of the Aaron Clancy potential connection? So there? so unnecessary. Or wait, sorry, the Aaron, Aaron Clancy what? Well, so allegedly Genevieve met him at a bar. Oh, they right, right. have DM'd since then. And then Shanae said that Genevieve and Aaron had hooked up and Genevieve denies it. And Aaron's been all over TikTok, like as a result. But- What's your guys' take on that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I was, I was, I'm following you there. Everyone's I thought getting it was totally their unnecessary. dirty laundry. Everyone's getting their dirty laundry put out on Front Street. Uh, but, but, it, but the thing is, that's not even dirty laundry. Is, you know, it, I didn't see where, and I don't get, it's like this culture now or, or where we're at with, you know, you were, what'd she say? You were, uh, you're hanging out with Baxter Nation. She kept saying that. What is Genevieve, Genevieve supposed to do? Go hide in a hole and and um, not converse with anyone, not socialize, just hide herself. And it's like, I don't get why, again, I don't even consider that dirty laundry. If, if and apparently it didn't happen, but if it did with uh, with her and Aaron, who the hell cares? The yeah. girl's single, Aaron's single, go live your life and don't think twice about it. You know, this whole like, it's like, the, it's like a shaming aspect that you can mm-hmm. tell Shanae was trying to go for. And, but other people have, have, you know, I feel like have been guilty of that in the past. And it's like, who the hell cares? Like, if you're not doing anything wrong, you got nothing to hide. Nothing's wrong about it. Like, just go live your life and, and treat people with respect and do you. Um, this whole shaming thing about people reaching in or, or, you know, DMing people or reaching out to other people. It's like, there's nothing wrong with it, guys. Enough of this. I agree. There's been a lot of shaming on this uh, last two episodes. A lot of I have shaming. To say so Didn't myself. It. It just like, it seemed like there was a lot of shaming people for things. In my opinion, when I think about Bachelor Nation, I see it as kind of like a, a social group, not similar to, I guess, like Greek life, where you have to go through trials and tribulations to get in, whether it's hazing or all of the 
potential downsides. You do that by being on The Bachelor, but then you get access to this social group of people that now have a shared experience that are a community of sorts. So I don't think that there's anything bad with hanging out with those people, with connecting with those people. I think it's just reality. I I agree. There's nothing wrong with it. It's like, like you said, it's a fraternity slash sorority kind of combined now where it's, Mm -hmm. you are connected in a very unique way that most of the population just won't ever understand because it's not possible. You can't relate to it. You can't relate. And so, yeah, there's no reason to shame people for that. Um, again, we don't even know what happened with Genevieve and Aaron, the truth, but that's not even our business. And mm-hmm. I think that was, you know, maybe Sinead just throwing up a Hail Mary to deflect some attention. Let's see here. Uh, moving forward, I I don't know what else you guys want to talk about here. I have a little thing I want to talk about in regards specifically to Clayton. So if you guys want to say anything else, um, because I know he was the end. I wanted to say something about Clayton too, as well. I'll just hit the three points. Sarah, Teddy, and Serene were all pulled into the hot seat after Shanae and Genevieve. And Sarah gets put on blast for the whole Clayton cried with me thing, which we find out is debunked. Teddy is given <laughs> I didn't. I didn't quite get edit. that. I like went back. I'm like, what, what is this? What it was so stupid. It was just like dumb drama. It, okay. it was so pointless. Yeah, it's stupid. Mm-hmm. I think so. Teddy gets an amazing edit in hers that yeah. kind of sounds like she might be getting set up to be the bachelorette, in my opinion. I've not seen anything mm-hmm. look so beautiful or set up. And I think having a virgin bachelorette is a good storyline. She's I, Because she has the perfect, I agree with you, because she has the perfect perspective and the mindset. And I think she said something along the lines of, listen, you know, I think, or don't quote me on this, what she was saying, but it was along the lines of, you know, she used to want to, was thinking about saving it for marriage. It's not the case anymore. And that's okay. She's like, I don't care what you want to do. If you want to go have sex every weekend, or if you want to save it for marriage, just essentially treat people with respect and mm-hmm. do what you want to do. And there's no right or wrong. A girl, uh, you know, someone that has that perspective with that, you know, kind of, you know, tag on them of, you know, being the virgin, because we've seen, you know, a lot of that on this mm-hmm. show. I think, if there was going to be a bachelorette, she's the perfect option for it because of that perspective that she has. And there is no judgment and, and rightfully so. I completely agree. And then we see Serene, who was the last woman let go before Fantasy Suites. And she obviously is the first time for her watching this just chronologically. So she cries a little bit. It's hard for her to see that back, but she will be on the beach. I have no doubt in my mind, for we sure. will see Serene again. So now Clayton shows up. Give me what you got, guys. Well, I'll go first, I guess. I think we live in such a double standard world. And Batser Nation is so bad about double standards. First of all, guys, if you go on this show, unless you are a terrible person, you are going to make mistakes. And people should not be shamed, again, for making human mistakes when they don't know which is the right way to go. And I'm just so tired of contestants and fans just shaming people as if they're supposed to be perfect. Mm -hmm. This is a a damn TV show where you're set up to fail and yet people are getting so upset that you didn't, you should have saw, you should have tried, like, just stop. Take it all in, enjoy it. Clayton honestly did a good job. Um, Yeah, he made some mistakes at the end. Like, everyone's going to fucking, I mean, I don't care who you are. You're going to make a mistake, mm-hmm. but it's so different. Cause when I was on Hannah Brown season, there was no shaming her. There was one person that didn't like the fact of her possibly having sex and he was crucified. 
mm-hmm. freaking crucified. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy double standard how the roles are reversed. And now Clayton's some terrible person. Because I, I, I just don't get it. I don't get how a lot of people that, you know, a lot of other podcasts have to have their opinion on this and think he's a terrible guy or contestants. And I don't know. It's just so freaking annoying. And like, I just... It, you are spot on, Dustin. And I'm, I'll kind of, you know, piggyback on that. A lot of the same things though. And this is a classic example of do not hate the player, hate the game. You hear, and, it, and it's, it's, I don't know if this has been like more recent kind of treatment of leads. I really don't actually know the answer to that compared to how maybe they were years ago, a decade ago, but it's like, People now are, it's like they, it's almost like an enjoyment you see of like Bachelor Nation or whoever uh, jumping on this train of trying to bash this person and judge this person in such unrealistic lenses. Mm-hmm. Guys, to just call it as it is, this is not fabricating anything, calling it as it is, as a lead. And, you know, obviously I can speak from experience here. You were literally told to go through. But like this, this is hilarious if you actually break it down. You were told to go through an experience where you were going to meet 30 women, all of which you had no input on who they were, their personalities, their looks. You have no input of anything to do with that. You're going to have complete strangers pick these 30 women for you. And they're going to introduce you uh, to these 30 women. And over the course of two months, you are going to get to know these 30 women as well as possible, but you're not going to be privy to some of the most important information throughout those two months that you should know, that you should have, that you should have access to information if it's such a serious situation of potentially ending up engaged at the end of this. But hold on, for entertainment sakes, we're going to see how this plays out and possibly blows up in your face because we're not going to tell you that information. And we're going to have you then dissect this through, oh wait, maybe 30 minutes, maybe a, uh, not 30 minutes, maybe a two to three minute conversation with each person at a time every couple of days. So the, the the frequency of time and the amount of time you actually get to talk to these people is such is so little. But we're going to expect you to navigate all that and figure out who's lying, who's BSing a little bit, who's telling the truth. Again, with people that you've just met a couple of weeks ago, a couple of days ago, complete strangers. Now get to the end and you have this whole whirlwind of what the fuck just happened. Like, where am I right now? I know why I'm here. I'm hopefully trying to find someone and have a relationship come from this. Hopefully a marriage come from this. But now you get to the very end. And of course, shit's going to go down. Of course, things are going to blow up. And it wouldn't be a successful TV show if the producers didn't allow that to happen. Right. People wouldn't watch it. So it's a double edged sword there. But you expect people then to be all perfect. And I always you know, I always, I laugh. I'm sorry. I laugh when I see people, um, I forgot who it was on, on the woman's hello, but like, it's like, they're trying to come at Clayton and trying to attack him and say, you know, I really hope you're okay. And uh, we know what happened. And why did you feel like you could have done that? It's like, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to call bullshit or it's bullshit. It's bullshit. That is bullshit. This is such an unrealistic scenario for someone to go through, navigate perfectly, that a lot of the criticism, I'm not saying there aren't certain things that can be criticized and judged. Of course there are. But there has, there is never a moment, I guess, put it this way, there's very few moments, especially for sure on TV, where someone should be awarded more grace than 
in the position of a lead on a dating reality TV show, just because you are playing with, at such a disadvantage. It's like you going to Vegas and, and trying to go beat the house. You are not going to beat the house. You are not. So this judgment and all this like crucif- like crucifying and just like, just trying to destroy people and judging like no other, I'm sorry, there's no place for it. It does not exist. You are watching a reality TV show because you want to be entertained. That is what's happening. And I'm sorry, but it, it deserves nothing more than that. Uh, and, and this is not to, not that Clayton needs someone to his defense or any of that. He's, you know, doing his thing and he's going to do it the way he wants. And he's a grown man and he can take care of himself, but it just, it's, it's getting, I hope, I hope we don't continue to see this more often than not for whatever reason, it seems like it's the bachelor that's getting destroyed. It's getting attacked. It's like you go and you like, it's like, it's almost making to the point now where it's like, man, like you can go and, and be a contestant on the show and you can try to really hopefully find love and have it hope, hope that it's going to happen for you. If it doesn't, maybe you're offered this amazing opportunity to go now find love as the bachelor, which in the moment is like, wow, that's, I'm really lucky for this. This is an amazing opportunity. How many guys get this opportunity? But it's like, why now? Well, look what they're doing to look at all the, like the leads. They, you, it's like you go through hell. I feel like the last three bachelors have been set up to fail in some way or another. Uh, your season. And then we saw with uh, Matt James, how Rachel Kirkconnell, like there's no way that they didn't know that that photo of her at an antebellum theme sorority party didn't exist. And with Clayton, it's that times a million because they've done it from every possible angle. And then going into the fantasy suites, if you think about, uh, and I got this from Bachelor Clues, he posted this as a reel on Instagram. If you think about it, if they just switched the order of the fantasy suites, how different this could have been. If Susie had gone first and had the conversation that she should have had last week with Clayton, how different could this entire experience have looked for Clayton? No, he was set up to fail and he was not given any of the cards that he needed to play the game right. And so for everyone to be here, like, I can't believe he does this. First and foremost, I can almost guarantee you that back in the early seasons, they were all fucking. You get three, you get three overnight dates with beautiful people bodies. where there's tension. As yeah, Emma says, people bodies. fuck. <laughs> Whoa, I'm shocked. They like, did. They, they always have. And it, I don't know. This is just so silly to me. Like, who gives a yeah. Sh- yeah, who gives a shit, guy? If he wants to keep, I forget, forget her name, Cheyenne, 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 Cheyenne. Cheyenne. If he wants to keep crazy ass Cheyenne on, who gives a fuck? She was fun and all about him. Let him keep. He doesn't, he doesn't know about the drama. If yeah, he wanted to hook up with to the girls, too, right? It's his time to be the bachelor. This is his experience. This is his moment. If somebody, like, I'm not. Damn. Well. <laughs> Listen, 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 we're getting into when we're going to get into this with the next episode. I was, you know, I wanted to finish off here just with, with the women tell all and this, this villainizing essentially of the leads that is just so uncalled for. And there, again, there is no place for it. And again, I don't know why that is, but you're not wrong that, you know, leads have definitely been set up to fail. And I don't get that. And it, a little bit comes back to, I, I remember bringing it up a little bit with uh, Naz, you know, I get she couldn't really agree to stuff, but the show does this, has this, this in a perfect world, creates this crazy drama for the first 90%, the, you know, the, the chunk of the show to keep viewers coming back. And then at the very end, somehow, some way, finds a way to let the love story 
come together at the end and work and let them ride off in the sunset. And that is so damn hard to do. That's words from a producer, many producers that I've heard. And it's not easy. And unfortunately, you're seeing why so few of these relationships really last or even start, you know, at the end of this show, because it's like, it's such an unrealistic expectation to create all that drama, put yourself in such a nasty, toxic environment. And then, oh, now we're gonna let you go and live your life. It's it's just not realistic. So now moving on, I think a little bit from Women's Hall, I just, that was, you know, I, I wanted to make a point to just really kind of like try to encourage us to move on from this because yeah. You, you got to realize what you're trying to vilify here or if whatever the word is. You got to realize the deck of cards people are playing with. Yeah, he was sitting there in the women's tell all and just taking all this heat when honestly, I wanted to be like, bro, you don't have to answer to any of this shit. Like you're a grown no. ass man. You, this is your journey. You made your decisions. Tell everyone to shut the fuck up. I mean, even anyone that thinks that they've been perfect in a relationship, it's like, yo, mm-hmm. be the first to raise your hand because no one's raising their hand. All right. Yeah. No one's been a saint in a relationship. So don't act like it. To quote Hannah, I mean, she was saying, I don't owe you anything. This is my journey. And that is an extreme version of it. But this is Clayton's journey. Clayton's the bachelor. So props to him for being there for it. Yeah, I get where people say, well, it's it's not just the lead's journey. And, and you're right. It's it's not. It's A relationship is not one person. It's two people. And so for that to work out, it's got to be two people's journeys. I get that. Anyways, yeah, that's a lot for that. That maybe went a little too far into that with Women Tell All. Let's move into... Uh, the, um, Fantasy suites. The next episode. So it's awkward at the beginning. I will say that the three women sitting together, it was more friendly than we've seen in other seasons mm-hmm. at this point, but there's no way in hell that it's not awkward and you can feel there's a palpable tension. Oh, it Rachel gets, gets to go first. And this she is what I reg- Yeah. Up in a helicopter. I was like, hey, Peter, look, she's in the air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, I was, yes, fist pumping for her. Clayton says he's falling in love. They make breakfast together. They spend the night together. We know what happens. Uh, my question then that comes out of this is production-wise, do they give you time between the dates or is it three nights in a row? Because it made no, it seem no, like Gabby showed up with ratty hair and then Susie went right on the date. Like, is the dude going like three-peat or? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, um, and, it, and I, I always remember. I, the heel up, rest up. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I, I always, I don't, I think that was recent. I don't know if it was my season was one of the first ones they did it where they started having, cause I remember on Hannah's season, we never, you know, we didn't, we didn't see each other. Like they, once, mm-hmm. once the uh, hometowns rose ceremony happened, you were separated. You were by yourself with your producer for the whole time until you had the date and then until the rose ceremony. And then I remember they asked me if, if I'd be okay with it. Didn't even think anything of it, agreed to it. Sure. And it was the worst thing I could have done. And unfortunately now I think you've seen a pattern or that happen with, uh, I don't know if it happened with Matt's. I don't remember. But with Clayton, obviously it happened where they were all together. Um, you saw it with, yeah, when they were with Tasha and Claire's season, they were together. And it's like, yeah, this is going to create drama. It's going to be uncomfortable. But like, come on, like that's the point where you should really be like honoring and respecting the relationships that have formed at that point between these contestants and the lead. And like, don't, don't, don't make that so weird. Like give them, give them some privacy and like alone time because no one wants to see someone that far down the journey and have to converse and have these conversations like that's not what matters anymore that friendship sure may happen after but they're focused on one thing or they Mm -hmm. should be and that's a relationship at that point and yeah you don't you don't go date back to back to back okay
dates, in my opinion, were kind of slow just because people are in love at this point. It's the the cheesy romancy stuff. Is there anything from Rachel's date that really stood out to you guys? Perhaps the spelunking or spacunkling, as uh, Gabby says later on, where they go down in the cave in Iceland. I thought that was sick. Oh, the dates were freaking awesome. Like, A, I want to, like, for sure, actually, I was just flying in from Denver today, talking to, like, I was up in the cockpit, uh, jump seating him. Um, we were taught, Iceland came up, it was a route that they were based out of Newark, and they they fly quite a bit. And I was like, no way. I was just catching up on the episode right before the flight. So I was picking their brain in Iceland. I definitely want to visit Iceland. They did a great job of showing off that that beautiful country. But um, yeah, the date looked awesome. I will say, I for the first time, again, so much of this I have to keep reminding myself is editing. You never know what they're deciding to show and not show. But like, I think for the first time, I kind of really, I maybe felt Clayton maybe pulling back a little bit with with Rachel. I know they were kind of like trying to play it as that he's taken a while to really open up and and uh, and let her know how he's feeling. But like, I really, I think Rachel even said it. She's been so consistent with showing him and giving him validation where she's at. I don't know. It was, it was definitely not like a Susie date, right? Like that was fireworks. And right. Or did you guys see that at all or no? I, I, well, after watching it, it makes sense after watching the end, you know, clearly he, Susie's his number one. Yeah. I was wrong. I, I, I was wrong. Yeah. I guess I did see, I mean, yeah, you kind of see him pulling back a little bit and he did say his, his best attraction or attraction connection, something like that is with Rachel, but he wasn't saying like, she was like, they just probably have great physical touch and whatnot, and I don't know. They have great eye contact, I'd say. They really, they seem to meet each other on that level very well, and I think yeah. that there's a lot of connection there that you get that's not spoken, that obviously none of us can understand because it's just an, like, an exchange between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I think that the cutest moment was he's walking off in his sweatpants, and he's just kind of like, you know, morning after, walking out, and she's up there and she's like, I love you. And he turns, he's like, I love you too, Rachel. And it was a beautiful moment. And then I was like, oh, fuck, we have to do this two more times, don't we? <laughs> yeah, he made a, he made, I think his number one mistake was, even though he was probably feeling these feelings, we should have held back on telling the girls, I love you. I think that's going to, that, in my opinion, would be the hardest part of being the lead. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're feeling it, aren't you supposed to express it? You have such little time. It'd be hard to be the lead in that situation when you have these feelings and you're supposed to validate these women who are pouring themselves out to you and you're there. Mm-hmm. How do you not say that you love her back if you do? So I get that it's not cool to say that he loves all three women, but he does. He does. It's possible. Have you heard of a poly relationship? Yeah, I mean, I can't speak for Clayton, but now being removed, obviously, for a while and having similar things happen where, you know, I felt I felt very strongly for multiple women there at the end, kind of like the last three. It's, it's, I, I have said before that like you can, I believe you can fall in love with more than one person. And that, 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 that statement came from my experience on the show, but Maybe as I think about it a little bit more, I don't know. Maybe it's because I want this to be the case. I don't want to be able to, I don't want it to be possible to fall in love with more than one person, like the romantic in me. But I think you just, for sure, you you feel strongly and you have producers 24-7 in your ear saying, you love her. Wow, you guys are so amazing. Facilitating it. 
Like, and so it's just like repetitions kind of ingrained in your mind. And so like, yeah, I can, I understand Clayton. I get where he's coming from and who knows, who knows if it's technically possible to truly be in love with more than one person at the same time. I've kind of gone back and forth. I don't know, but um, it's definitely confusing as hell. It's an unnatural environment. It's a controlled Mm -hmm. environment. Unnatural things happen. Unnatural feelings occur. So, yeah, I mean, under these circumstances, I guess anything is possible. In the real world, I think it'd be very difficult for you to fall in love with three people at the same time. I don't think you're dating people that intensely, though. Like, imagine imagine in the real world having three dates planned back to back to back where you fly these girls out to this awesome exotic country. And one day you have a helicopter, you fly to a a volcano and you go down, you explore. The second day you go and you you go dune buggy all over this, you know, crazy Martian land. And the third day you go to this awesome like retreat with a, a spa and just like, and then you spend like, it's so unrealistic that maybe that helps open up people's eyes. Like, wow, maybe I can see why that person can feel so invested in each person because it's just so not natural. You're it's living so a fairy like tale. You, you got to work. Like you, in the real world, you're working every day. You're trying to provide for yourself. Yeah. You have friends, family you have to upkeep with. You have to keep up with your own body. Here, all you're doing yep. is the date and then talking about the date and having That's it be reinforced it. in your mind and then wake up and you talk about that same date again. And then you go on the next date. Like, yeah, if it's perspective. I, uh, hopefully I can put people's you know, perspective in line. Yeah. Well, well, speaking on it, let's go ahead and just get to the train wreck. Well, so we do, as uh, Peter described it, as like a Martian land. We get to see the dune buggies whip across uh, the coastline and like these black sand beaches. And it really is cool. We get to see more Gabby. I absolutely love Gabby. If she's not the bachelorette, I will lose my mind. She'll be the bachelorette. She has to be the bachelorette. She'll be the bachelorette. They agree to the fantasy suite. They go in. We know what happens. He does the shouting, I'm falling in love and it feels so good. And I'm like, oh my God, this happened 20 minutes ago. (laughs) Do they give the women a time to like touch up her makeup though? Because like her mascara looked perfect the morning after. Yeah, you get get like a little warning like, hey, 30 minute warning camera's coming in. And then you go and... You do, yeah, you get ready. <laughs> and then you get back in bed and act like you just woke up. And uh, it's always, yeah. it's always fun. Because she looked pretty well kept for what we know may or may not have Somebody racking, knocking the boots. Oh. Right, yeah. Obviously, that's not how, how people wake up. That's why I'm saying it's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's funny about it. But yeah. What were your thoughts about this date? I thought it was a great date. Again, ah, it's so hard. Maybe he is in love with all three, but I thought, yeah, gosh, I don't know. My only, this is my thing. This is what I would have did. I think his only mistake is, and it's okay to take advantage of this opportunity because you rightfully so can, but there's this, if you kind of know who you like a little more or maybe maybe don't get involved as much with the other ones. But again, sex that is, is a so go- impossible. I'm sorry. Well, In that environment- is- Sex is such a strong, like, sex is very important when you're in a relationship. Um, I don't care what anybody says. It's going to be very important. And I get also, you kind of want to, you want to see what's going on there. And that could change everything. Maybe you, your feelings weren't, but maybe that sex was just magical. And you're like, oh my gosh, I got to spend. So it's, this is just Do you remember the look on Michelle's face after her uh, fantasy suite with Nate? And everyone was joking about like, 
okay, that's how you, that was the moment she decided like <laughs> girl was mesmerized. <laughs> I think that there is a val- like validity to that. There is a validity to sexual chemistry, but I also think that in modern society, sex has become a much more casual thing. And True. it comes down to that interaction between the two of them. If they both agree with that, where they both stand on that, of course, it seems like they were all at the point in their respective relationships where they were comfortable with it, where they were ready to make that step. But the only person who has to pay the price is Clayton. No, it's sad that, you know, all this time and all this focus on relationship, clearly there isn't that much communication on boundaries going on. And that's a a slippery slope right there. Um, Never, I don't care if any, what relationship you're in, never just assume things. You need to outline your boundaries and get that on paper. If you guys are, I'm just talking not for them, but if like you're casually dating in the real world, like just have that conversation. I know it's kind of awkward, but... Just have that conversation. So we're just gonna be casual, just letting you know, or Define this it. is I'm kind of I'm kind of I want this to go further, or I wouldn't feel comfortable if you were hooking up with someone else. Is that cool? If it is, great. If not, perfectly fine. It's just these conversations that need to be had. And they're not had enough. And I feel like they cause a lot of issues and baggage down the line. You know what's tough too is now kind of like, you know, moving on to Susie's date is. For Clayton and for Susie, they roughly probably went 10 to 14 days without seeing each other from their last interaction. And, you know, those 10 to 14 days, zero interaction, no texting, no phone calls, no FaceTime, nothing. And not saying that a love can't be strong enough to overcome you know, what, maybe two weeks of zero communication? No, of course not. And that's not what I'm saying. But again, I'm trying to open up people's eyes to what really goes, like how, why this is difficult. You see this episode play out and it looks like it's overnight, overnight, overnight. And you see it in the span of, you know, two hours, less than Mm -hmm. two hours. But really the amount of time it took for that to film was so, so much longer. And so it's almost like, you you have producers on your back 24-7 trying to reinforce your feelings and ask you about your feelings and you're talking your feelings. And when you're focused on just one person and you don't, and say, you know, I, I think all of us would agree, Susie, Susie's, you know, his number one. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have so long to where you're focused and because you're forced to focus on other people and you don't even get to talk to the person, you don't even get to text the person, get any type of anything, communication whatsoever you could see why someone could maybe get wrapped up in something else and like be in the moment and be focused on that. Um, Even though maybe it was stronger, something stronger was waiting for you. Again, I'm not making excuses for anyone here. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. And uh, I think moving into Susie's date, that was a really tough, tough date to watch. Yeah. And so the biggest debate now is amongst who do you side with, right? It's do you side with Susie or do you side with Clayton? And I don't think it's that simple because like Bachelor Clue said, and we said earlier, if Susie had gone first and said that this was her boundary and that she had this issue with him being intimate sexually with other women, this thing could have gone completely differently. But production knew that. So 
it's hard to side with either one of them as like the villain or the hero in this situation. I think that it's more nuanced than that. What was your guys' takeaway from this date and this sticky situation? I I don't think neither one of them are the villain or, you know, or I think it was just an air of communication that kind of should have been down the line a long time ago. Neither one of them are at fault, honestly. I don't blame Clayton because, you know, he's in the moment. He is giving everything he has to these other relationships. He's in that moment. Everything else outside of it doesn't matter, you know? And I, I, I understand for Susie too. I would be in that predicament. I wouldn't want the person I'm about to marry to hook up with someone, you know, days before me or even like weeks before we get married. That just, that's so insane, right? That doesn't mm-hmm. seem respectful. And I, I don't think one or, I don't think either one of them are right or wrong. It's just a miscommunication, things that need to be talked about, maybe from day one, just maybe not night one, but you know, Early down the early down the road when you're getting to know each other and you know what's going on. Like again, you're on the show, you know what this is, like you know what possibly could happen. So you need to get that out there as soon as possible when you figure out you're having some feelings. Have that conversation. Yeah. I listen, again, I for sure agree. No one's a villain here. There is no villain. Um, this was, you know, unfortunately very raw, um, tough moment that we all witnessed, you know, between uh, Susie and Clayton. Um, I totally understand where Susie was coming from. Obviously, I think anyone could understand that. Um, I wonder sometimes, you know, of course, like there's no no one in the right mind is going to be okay with getting engaged to someone that was just intimate with two other people, one or two other people a couple days prior. Like that's just not, no, no one's going to be okay with that. And I wonder if like, because this environment is so unnatural and just so not the real world that that plays into someone's psyche, because, you know, I don't think Clayton would have, dis- I don't think Clayton ever disagreed with Susie like that. That is kind of, it's effed up. I mean, it is. It's, and unfortunately the show kind of allows for that to happen. But again, I don't think anyone's a villain. The honestly, the only thing that I was a little shocked by, I'll be perfectly honest, was kind of Clayton's reaction to Susie as they were talking. And, you know, I, I get that he was very hurt. That was a very apparent. And Susie was very hurt and very confused. And, no, you know, in those moments, it's very hard to act extremely rational and mm-hmm. make the right call, say the right things, and not let your emotions get the best of you. But I was a little just shocked that I, I didn't understand why he was, like, talking like that to her, if that makes any sense. Like it, it seemed like a gut it, reaction it, that went the wrong way. Yeah, and I and I wonder if like, like he regretted that a little bit. Like after, like as he kind of calmed down, he wasn't so heated in the moment. Like I get you're hurt, and you and I see. I'm sure you know, I, I heard him what he was saying. He was like, you know, you invalidated everything from just being so quick to say no or I don't want to work through this. Like that invalidated it, and that yeah would be very hurtful. But then to not even want to like, it's like, it's like there was a little bit of like, well, you just said that you wanted to, that relationships take work and you want to work on it and you need and be there for each other. And like, you're going to go through tough trials and get through those together. He was saying that, but then it almost seemed like 
maybe Susie was coming back a little bit and then he didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. He, so he put that wall back up really quickly and he was like, I can't believe you would put the wall up in the same moment that he's like sliding his wall back up too. So it was, mm-hmm. it was a messy breakup. But we all have been there before with like arguing in the heat of the moment and then you try to get a little and the wall goes up and back and forth. It's like you're playing. Totally. Play, what's it called with the ball? Like back oh, and forth. Oh, pong, yeah. <laughs> Where the ball's going back. Yeah. It's two, two ships in the night. They weren't arguing the same thing anymore. They weren't having the same conversation. And that was the point where it derailed. Yeah. You know what? This is one thing I feel bad for both of them. Normal people can have, I mean, it's going to happen. You're going to have, you're going to be a little impulsive. You're going to have these reactions to your emotions, feelings, say things you would probably never mean to say, act ways you, you don't normally act. But see, that, that's where I was a little confused because he said that. He acknowledged where he was at. He, he made the comments like, you know, this is a little out of my character. I normally wouldn't respond this way. So I was like shocked that I was still seeing him essentially like almost kicking her out. He was still in that angry wave of that angry cloud. But I was gonna yeah, I was gonna say it's it sucks it's on it's on it's on filmed. I've been in that relationship and I mean that those arguments relationships and you know what? I forget about it after we talked about it. It's gone forever. No one has to know about it. Nothing. Unfortunately, this is gonna be oh, I've definitely popped off, and I'm glad that it wasn't on national television for <laughs> not only the world to see, but for me oh, to have to watch man. back and be like, "Wow, that was my reaction." So, I want to see Emma pop mm-hmm. off. <laughs> it's just, I think, I think more than anything, it was just sad because you totally you, you see why each one of them was hurt, and maybe it just would have been better to not end it. And who knows? You never know. You never know how this is going to end. Obviously, they say that this and the finale is crazy. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm excited. I, I hope it all works out. I hope they all find themselves and can be happy. But um, that was a good recap, guys. That was juicy. That was, that was good. That was, I'm uh, invested in that one. Excited for next week. I am excited for next week. We're all excited. I hope you guys are excited. Real quick, guys, buy that merch. I had Merch someone City. send me send me a photo. Tag me. Guys, if you um just don't send it in the DMs, uh tag us. We want to repost the merch that you have. We'd love to see it. Absolutely. We uh appreciate you guys. Hope you're enjoying all that stuff we put out. And uh yeah, we got one more episode. Finale. Let's do it. Also, do we need to make any other announcements with the new host in the meantime? Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Go ahead, Pete. We do. Yes, guys. We uh, obviously, you know that I'm in the thick of it right now with training and it's just a little bit too much right now, a little too big of a bite that I bit off uh, trying to uh, give you guys good quality episodes with uh, my wonderful co-host here. So I'm going to step in back a little bit. I'm going to finish up one more recap next week with uh, seeing how this all, all goes down. But after that, our new roommate, Clay Harbor, is going to be uh, filling in for me. And doing that through uh, the end of March, early April. So uh, you guys will have some fun with him. And who knows? Maybe uh, we decide to keep him around. We make it the three. Maybe we'll uh, keep him around for like sports updates and sports with Clay Harbor. Throw it to Clay for sports sports. updates. But uh, keep an eye out for next week's episode. I'm curious to see. So they had reached out about possibly, uh, I guess they're going to have some alumni coming back to the uh, AFR. And oh, snap. possibly a little panel action going on, but to figure out really what's going on and how this all ends. I don't know how it ends. We don't know how it ends, but 
We'll see. Hopefully, too many hearts are not broken. And guys, final thoughts. If you're thinking about going on the show, just don't. Go on Love is Blind. Go on Love is Blind. I think we might actually have something special for you guys from Love is Blind here in the next few uh, episodes or something. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Good stuff. All right, guys. Much love. We are out. Let's see how it ends. Let's see who gets that final rose. Bachelors in the City is hosted by me, Peter Weber. And me, Dustin Kendrick. This podcast is produced by Red Rock Music and powered by Acast. Our producer is Red Yoakum and our associate producer is Emma Martins. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Send your voice memos to BTC at redrockmusic.com. That's BTC at R-E-D-D rockmusic.com for your chance to be featured on the show. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Bachelors in the City Podcast. See you next week. Thanks for listening and sign up for our membership program to become a honorary third roommate. Join now for $3 per month and enjoy the episodes ad-free. Click the link in the episode description so you can move in.